What is going on, everybody? Welcome into Anti Up. Howard Bender and Adam Ronis here. We're just kind of hanging out. We're recording on a Monday night, slow day here uh, for MLB. Not a whole lot of stuff going on there. We do have some basketball going on, but more importantly, Adam, first off, how are you, man? How's it going? I'm good, man. NBA playoffs, pretty good. First round finally came to a conclusion after we did get one game seven on Sunday. So enjoying these playoffs and, you know, it, we have teams left that uh, have not won championships in a while. So it's going to be fun. It's still kind of wide open in a way. Uh, so I think we're going to be really entertaining in the NBA playoffs. So I'm excited about that. Yeah, I like it, too, man. I definitely like it, too. This Milwaukee Brooklyn series with no James Harden is going to be obviously interesting. Um, how long is he supposed to be out for with this hamstring issue? I don't know. I haven't seen an update, but it might be a while. This is the same hamstring that forced him to miss 21 games. And we all know how tricky hamstring injuries can be. So, uh, yeah, definitely concerned about that. Obviously not playing game two. And uh, first quarter came to an end as we're recording. And uh, Nets are up 36-19. And it's so funny because the Nets <laughs> the Nets opened up as two-point favorites. And that line moved that the Bucks were two-point favorites when this game closed. So, and I thought the Bucs would play better tonight. They shot five of 30 in game one. They missed so many open looks. And Blake Griffin played out of his mind. Probably the best game he's played this year. He hustled. He was all over the court. So I did figure, all right, Milwaukee's not going to be as bad again. Well, so far I am wrong um, because Milwaukee shot eight of 23 in the first quarter. Uh Three of 10 from three-point range. They did not get to the free throw line. One of the biggest deficiencies for the Nets is inside. They are weak. Uh, I felt like the Bucs were taking so many jumpers and not exploiting that weakness. And the Nets shot 59.1% in the first quarter, 50% from three-point range. So, um, And I think I learned my lesson. Uh, don't back Chris Middleton uh, because I thought he would bounce back after going 6 of 23 in game one. Uh, he's over 6 to start game two. And we got three quarters to go, so maybe he goes over his prop, but uh, just an ugly start. Even Gian- Giannis, two points? Two points in 10 minutes against the, the Nets? I mean, I was over, uh, gave him out in game one, Wager Alarm. I think it was Giannis over 31 and a half, and he had 34. He just crushed the Nets this year. But one of four? You take four shots in 10 minutes against the Nets in the first quarter? I mean, come on, man. What is going on? So just uh, not what you want to see from the Bucks here. No, not not the most auspicious beginning here. Obviously, like you said, lots of game uh, still to go. Uh, we'll talk more NBA uh, as the week rolls on here. And, you know, obviously there's a lot of stuff we want to catch up with uh, MLB waivers. But most importantly, Adam, um, your softball team uh, that you play in your league every Sunday. Um, how'd you guys do yesterday? I won both games, did not play a good team. Uh, I think it was like 22 to two and then like 23 to two, something like that. So first game ended after five innings, second one after six for a mercy rule. All right. Well, I've drafted you in my uh, in my fantasy softball league and um, I didn't get the uh, the update on the stats yet. How did how did you do? Five for six. Really? Five for six? Run scored? RBI? I didn't that? keep track of that. You didn't keep track of that? No. Huh. Why not? I just don't. Just, You're only just, keeping track of your batting average? Yeah. Or are you keeping track of your batting average? Yes, I am. What, what What's your batting average right now? 
Um, 24 for 24 for 38. So I think that's three, 631. Yeah, 631. Oh, all right. 631. What's, what's your uh, career average? I don't know. <laughs> I, I should have. I wish I would have kept track all these years. Damn, I played on so many damn teams, though. It would be so difficult. I mean, now I've narrowed it down. Obviously, due to work and getting older, don't play as much. Because I don't know if I've told you this, but I used to play. I used to play six games on Sunday, like every Sunday. I used to play 10 a.m. in Queens, 2 p.m. in Nassau, and then eight, either eight, eight thirty or nine, uh, Jones Beach, Mitchell Field. This is Long Island, New York. For those that are familiar, I know Howard is familiar. Canyon Park, Park with parks with lights. I used to love playing Sunday night. So I used to play six games on Sunday, uh, two Saturday morning, and then during the week, whenever someone needed me or I would fill in and then they go, hey, do you want to play the rest of the season? I'd be like, cool. Uh, and there was one summer. That's all I did. Uh, I was working at Newsday and I got furloughed for the summer. So I just pretty much played softball almost every day. But, you know, those that's when I was younger, man. That was like, you know, mid 20, even early 30s, I was able to do it. But, you know, once started to get involved in the fantasy industry. I'd say it really had to cut down uh, the early years. Fine. But there was, you know, times I was doing radio and working at the newspaper. It was, it became too much. Um, and then of course you get older and it's like, I mean, can I play six games on Sunday? Sure. But I don't know if the the body would respond the same way. I'm not sure about that anymore. Um, <laughs> but that's not, but I'm still, I'm blessed that I still get to play and, you know, play pretty well. And, you know, I was actually just asked to play on Friday, so I might do that. <laughs> I, I got to tell you, man, I, you know, listen, I used to play softball every summer. You know, I mean, it was it was it was fantastic. Had a, a great time doing it. And then, um, uh, you know, we played I played some while I was in college still. But then it all kind of, you know, then I moved back into uh, back into the city after college and it all kind of like fell to the wayside. I never, you know, it was like the bar business. It was like, all right, I'm, you know, low man on the totem pole to start. So I'm like working every weekend, right? I got to work though. I got to, I got to work that Saturday and Sunday brunch shift uh, kind of a situation. So it all kind of, it all kind of fell apart for me there, but I get to live vicariously through you. We, we're, I think we're going to need to do this. We, we should end up with like some sort of a, I don't know, like a like an FSGA tournament that when we go to one of these FSGA events, that we actually like play softball or something like that. Like get get people get people moving and exercising. Yeah, that would be not. Yeah, I'm down for that. You don't even need to talk me into it. I do it in a heartbeat. That would be so much fun if we could ever do that. Um, and I think it is something we should look to do down the road. Why not? We'd have, we'd have, there's so many people at that conference, even if there's people who don't want to play or don't do it, I'm pretty sure we can find 20 to 25 people that would be like, hell yeah, I'm in. Yeah. Oh, dude. Rotowire would put together a team against us. NBC Edge would put put together a team against us. I'm sure Roto Grinders. Oh, you're saying it- Fantasy Alarm putting together a team to play someone? Yeah. Oh, I, I don't know. I was thinking more just get a, a group of, but whoever wants in to play and put them together. I mean, it could be tough to have one company put a team. I know certain companies have enough people, but you know, are you going to get everyone to play? That's the biggest question. So if you can do that, great. If not, I would say, Hey, who wants to play, sign it up. Let's set it up, divide the teams. Obviously if you get a huge response, then, you know, you can make two games or three games. You think we could get like 10 people from alarm that were willing to play? 
that are all going to be at the FA. We well, never said we even it's, said it's also a matter of it's also a matter of traveling to the FSGA. So, right. All right. So listen, I'll, I'll stick with your original plan, and we just shoot for at least twenty signups so that we can have two teams of ten. And uh, yeah, and then we'll uh, we end up putting that together. I think we can definitely find a group. Here's my question: How many people would need a courtesy runner? (laughs) 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 And and I'm not trying to be. I'm not trying to be mean. If it sounded mean, I'm not. I'm just saying, like there are older people, and some people can't run. So on my on my team alone, we have about I don't know at least. Uh, maybe two to three. And sometimes it winds up being me. Like if I make an out and then the person after me gets a hit, oh, who's the last out? Me. All right, you got to run. I don't mind it. More exercise for me. And I love uh, running as much as possible. But I would think that, uh, I don't know, it's, I guess in, there's a good mix now, especially in the recent years of younger people in the industry and then older people. So I think it's a good mix. I think there's a good mix. Gen- I didn't even I know I could have a courtesy runner. Did Jen P. Atsenthi play softball? I have no idea if Jen Piacenti played something. I gotta ask her. She would play. She, of course she would. She would play. I would play. You would play. Fensty would play. He might Fensty suck. Would play. He would suck, but he would play. <laughs> um, <laughs> I shouldn't say that. I've never seen him play. You know, I'm sure we could probably. I'll bet you Jeff Erickson would play. Oh yeah, I've heard him say that he plays. Yeah, Peter Schenke would play. Uh, they always bring Ken Kreitz with them, so Kreitz would probably do it. Clay Link. He would play. That would be so much fun, man. I would love doing it. I mean, we, I guess Vegas is, is there even softball fields in Vegas? I'm sure there is. My friend lives out there. I should message him. I mean, obviously we're usually near the strip, so we don't see anything, but that would be obviously New York. You could do it. Oh no, you would need to get, don't you? I think you need a permit for central park. I don't think you could just roll up and play. No, but I mean, listen, they've got dates for the FSGA events. We should, all right, there you go. This is our, this is our future project here, Adam. We're gonna we're gonna set up. Uh, you, know, you, is, to, you, you don't even have to do it. It doesn't even have to be FSGA. How about this? How about you do it at Dern Tout Wars? Oh yeah, there you go. Perfect. I mean, you guys play. Oh yeah. You know how did we not do it at the Staten Island Yankees, man? Like how did that not happen? You didn't hang out in the batting cage. I didn't. But how did we not have a game? I know it was talked about, but how did it never come to fruition? We were on the fucking field. Because we're right there. Because you're 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 asking somebody to have organized it. Yeah, you're right, man. We're 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 living in, we're living in, a, in an industry where everybody's got ideas, 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 ideas. You you try to implement it. Totally oh, different. This sounds like a similar conversation that we were having earlier today. But anyway, um, <laughs> <laughs> welcome welcome to my nightmare. Uh, but yeah, I, rem- I remember they were talking about that, and then it just never happened. I know. I think it was. Was it chilly that day? I can't remember. I don't care. I would have played. Trust me. I I played softball, and I remember two or three years ago playing in Long Island. It was October, a fall Friday night at night. It was so windy. Oh, my goodness. But actually, no. The worst one I played in was the first game of the year, I think, two years ago in Jersey. It was like an April Sunday. It was so windy. I'm not going to lie. I didn't want to be out there. And I'm never like that. It was so windy, so cold miserable when you're in the outfield and the wind is just whipping in your face and the ball when it's hit is it was the most miserable softball experience i've ever had it was not even close to that that day if i remember but yeah i would pretty much play in any weather played in (laughs) in the rain but man yeah that would have been 
I can't believe we didn't do that. Now I'm angry. <laughs> I remember, I don't, I forgot who told me. Someone was like, oh yeah, we might play on the field. I'm like, oh yeah, let's do this, man. I would oh, love to play on that field. Like a nice field where the grass is well kept. Cause you know, you don't get to play on many nice fields, whether it's Jersey, Long Island or Queens. Like you don't get to play on many nice fields. I've played on a couple of turf fields recently. And those are nice, but you don't get to play on many night fields. I mean, in Queens, man, shit, you got rocks and condoms on the field and needles, <laughs> you know? <laughs> well, it sounds like hanging out at the beach on Coney Island. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. So <laughs> sometimes like the, the dirt is hard as a rock and the, the these balls take wicked hops. Like yesterday we played on, I thought yesterday's field wasn't bad, but the grass was so high that if someone hit a ball past the infield, it would just stop on the grass and we're playing deep and it, you know, takes forever to go run up, get the run ball. By that, yeah. And by that time, the guy's on second base on what should have been a single. <laughs> oh, I love it. All right. Fantasy softball. There it is. We're going to do it. We're going to, we're going to make it happen. Um, I'm, you know, I got to be on your team so that you can run for me. Okay. No problem. I didn't even know that you could get like a. Oh like yeah. A, like a oh yeah. You have courtesy runner. I don't know. I don't know if it's two or three per team per game, but yeah, we have uh, on our team now at least two guys who regularly take one for sure. All right. Well, I mean, listen. You know, the problem. I mean, it's not even the weight. When I was, you know, like in shape, I was still a slow runner. I mean, it was like, like I, like I picked up an invisible piano, threw it onto my back, and then started to run. It happens, man. It, I, you know what? I was just, I was never blessed with speed. That's why I was, they always put me behind the plate. I was catching. I, I mean, I, I learned to catch a great game um, and, and call a great game, but yeah, speed was not my thing. I was like, you know, like, like a Jorge Posada type. Or Bartolo Colon. No, 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 no. I'm saying back in the day, I didn't get fat until I stopped playing around. That's, that's the thing. Okay. Yeah. That's that's the thing. I got complacent. I got fat. I was comfortable with my job. I was like, you know, doing radio. Wasn't on my feet all the time as a bartender. I mean, it was like, yeah. Then all of a sudden I was like, all right, now I can uh, now I can pork up a little bit here. I mean, my wife's not leaving me. There's no way. There's no way. She knows that there's too much crazy shit about her that nobody else in the world would tolerate. So she can either leave me, kind of be alone, or she can just put up with my nonsense. Well, I think we know what she's going to do. I'm like a little blessing, aren't I? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, for crying out loud. All right, before we get to some MLB action and talk about what we did on waivers here, like to give a quick shout out to uh, our sponsor, right? Let's pay some bills and listen to some commercials. All right, here we go. Time to talk a little MLB action. How'd waivers treat you, Adam? Did you um, did you did you go after any of these uh, new and improved free agents who we were kind of looking at? I think um, you know Ryan Jeffers, a catcher from Minnesota, was a popular guy. Chris Gittens. New first baseman for the Yankees, Tucker Davidson, pitcher for the uh for the the Braves, Caleb Smith for the uh for the Diamondbacks. Maybe maybe saves was your bag and you went Paul Fry. What happened? 
Uh, I actually picked up Caleb Smith last week in the GST. I didn't start him, though. He had the two-start week, but I picked him up, didn't start him. Uh, by the way, I did get the fab for those that missed it. Uh, we talked about it last week. So in Tout Wars, if you release a player that's injured, you can get a rebate in fab. Uh, they do it based on where they're drafted, and there's a calculation, and they, they do it. So we talked last Monday on this podcast, and I was saying it made sense for me to ask for a rebate on Marcelo Zuna because he's currently injured, not suspended yet, but it's possible that could happen, and we both feel like he's not going to play this year. So I uh, went over the strategy with Howard, and during that podcast, I said, I'm going to put in the claim for him. It was granted. So I got $270 back for Marcelo Zuna, um, which, again, I – See no reason why someone else actually put in uh, a fab rebate for Steven Strasburg uh, and got 210 bucks. So um, now I have over a thousand dollars in fab in Tower Wars. So I'm in first place and I have the most fab. But unfortunately, I did not get a lot in fab this week. And I didn't know that I was getting the rebate, although I should have known that I was getting it anyway and should have went higher because I wanted Austin Gomber. Uh, and I got outbid on him. Gomber went for what was it? Oh boy. I think 45 and my bid was 38. So I should have went higher. Uh, like I don't, my pitching has been so good and I, there's no one for me to bench, but I don't have pitching depth. And once I start getting an injury or two, I'm going to be in trouble. And Gomber had Miami this week. So I really kind of wanted him because uh, I had Christian Javier, who's out of the rotation. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I definitely could use some pitching, but I think in tout, the only player I got was Willie Castro for cheap. Um, I didn't get Patrick wisdom anywhere. I think he was worth picking up. He went for 31 in tout 38 in my main event. I got Edward Olivares in a couple leagues. I actually picked him up in my home league. The first time he was called up and wrote about him in the Ronas bonus last week. And of course I write about him. They send him down. Now they've called him back up without Alberto Mondesi on the injured list, but he's not in the lineup Monday night. And that was the one concern, which is why I didn't go crazy on the bids. I just don't understand why you bring this guy up if you're not going to play him. He had power and speed in the minor leagues, and I, I need speed in a few leagues. Um, I added him in that main event along with Taylor Trammell. Um, but, yeah, so I'm hoping Oliveras gets some playing time. Uh, I know Gutierrez is at third tonight and Dozier's in the outfield, and they keep playing Soler, who stunk. Uh, Oliveras was in the lineup Sunday, but Soler was sitting out. Uh, so I think that's why some people might not have gone aggressive. Oliveris went for 12 in Tout Wars. So you could see the small bid. And, and a lot of the main events, I think he went for a little bit, uh, you know, in that range as well. So I'm kind of just hoping that he gets some playing time because I just don't see the point. You sent him down. Why are you calling him right back up not to play him? Yeah, I didn't really understand that either. And, you know, and listen, he actually played pretty, he played pretty well his first stint. I mean, it wasn't. He wasn't there for a, a ton of time. It was just a couple of games. Um, and, you know, and it's so funny, too, because I had asked Jim Bowden about Oliveris because I was curious as to whether or not to go after him and how hard to go after him in leagues where I could possibly use a little bit of speed. And he was like, yeah, he's 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 got some tools, but it just doesn't seem like there's uh, an everyday spot for him. And, you know, he talks to to Mike Matheny on a regular basis. They actually just talked uh, this past, uh, this past Sunday. Well, tell uh, tell him to tell Mike that he thinks he should be playing. Well, you know, like one thing after one, one, one thing at a time here, he just told, apparently he was the, uh, one of the catalysts for getting this kid, uh, Jackson Kowar, Kowar uh, called up for today's start. 
Okay. We'll see well, what happens there. Now, yeah. Now he can work on all of ours. All right. I'll tell him. I will. I will keep him. Uh, I will keep Jim uh, in heavy contact with uh, with Mike Matheny and and make sure that happens. Maybe we'll get him on the on the fantasy alarm show and he stops doing this stupid, um, you know, MLB Network radio stuff on uh, on uh, you know on Sundays. That's the worst thing about our our time that I, our time slot is that during football season, during ba- baseball season, like we can't speak to like coaches, players, and GMs during our time slot yeah. unless they have like a complete off day. And then right. who the fuck wants to do a, a a bunch of guest spots on their off day? That is true. Bit of a letdown. Bit of a letdown. But nevertheless, I will. Uh, I'll still have to take that up with. Uh, Matt Deutsch, what do you mean we're not going to move time slots, Matt? (laughs) (laughs) Um, So I like the fact that you were interested in Gomber. I've actually been uh, a proponent of his, you know, even I've even withstood the the 1.1 innings, nine earned runs. I don't know if you saw that tweet that I wrote. Gombered is uh, is now a, a steady part of my vocabulary. Yeah, you know, I think you know what getting gombered means. Yeah, getting uh, screwed badly. Not necessarily. I mean, you know, it's it's uh, it means one point one nine earned runs in one point one innings when you start them, six scoreless frames when you don't. Hey, two start week, he did get a win in that second start. We yes, he did forget that, but um, yeah, I mean, look, I think you want in the right spot, especially on the road. Uh, you can use him. And again, he has Miami this week and we know how bad the Miami offense has been this year. So, um, although, um, I didn't realize this till just looking now his splits, he's got a 1.33 ERA at home and a 5.44 in the road, but it's 20 in the third innings at home and 43 on the road. So I think in that situation, you kind of want to look at opponents and go, okay, who's he faced? Um, and let's see at home. Yeah. His, his, Two worst home starts or his two worst road starts was that nine inning, those nine runs from San Francisco. Who's a good hitting team. They're like one yeah. of the top offenses in the majors. And then the Cardinals, he gave up five runs and in five innings to them. And that was a revenge game for the Cardinals. And that was, that was a revenge game for the Cardinals and Nolan Arenado. Right. I mean, he, so, he didn't, he didn't even pitch well at Pittsburgh. I mean, it wasn't bad, but that's not a good start. You do two earned runs in four innings, five hits, and a walk and five Ks. Like you expect better against Pittsburgh, but he's pitched well, pitched decently at the Dodgers, pitched well at San Diego. I mean, the Mets are a minor league offense, so of course, at that point too, they had nothing, so he shut them down. Um, but yeah, I mean, look, Dude, he had back to back great starts against the Padres right after the five mm-hmm. runs from the Cardinals. Man, I mean. To hold the Padres to one earned run in 11 and a third innings, that's pretty damn good. No, it definitely is. So, yeah, I think with him, he's definitely rosterable in a 15-team league. 12-team league, I think you're streaming more and playing the matchup. And then this week, you definitely pitch him against uh, at Miami. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I think that starts tomorrow, isn't it? Uh, might be. I know I have him in um, draft champions leagues. I don't have him in any redrafts I put in. Let me see if you are right. Uh, no, Sensatel is tomorrow against Pablo Lopez, who they pushed back. He was supposed to go today against Boston on Monday, and I'm glad they did. As someone who has Pablo Lopez, sure, I'd rather face the Rockies in Miami than the Red Sox, even without J.D. Martinez. Uh, but Gomber goes Wednesday against the Marlins. 
I can dig that. I have him active in a in a in a couple of leagues. I'll, I'll, listen, I was I was a big fan. I, it's so funny, dude. I um, you know, because if you watch his first couple of starts, like you know, opening day against his opening game against the Dodgers, um, he just he was all over the place, walked seven guys. But then after that, it was like two runs and six and a third against the Giants. Then it was three runs and six against the Dodgers. Still a quality start there. Then it was two runs against Houston in six innings. So I was like, damn. I was like, give me all that shit on Gomber, man. I'm I'm all in on it. Three straight quality starts against good hitting teams. Um, so put him up against San Francisco again. Absolutely destroyed. Absolutely destroyed. And I was sitting there on that show. I remember specifically on that show because I got Ani Sreeder to change his second starter in DraftKings to go down, pay down for Gomber. <laughs> and Jim and I were arguing. Jim was like, no, I don't want to start him tonight. I don't want to use him tonight. I said, Jim, come on. Look what he did to the Giants in San Francisco the last time. Nope, don't want to start him. Don't want to start him. And then sure as shit, the next day after that, you know, Jim was all up in my business on that one. And Ani wouldn't not, speak to me. Yeah, I'm not surprised. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, but meanwhile, yeah, since then Gomber has been I think he's been a great starter. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven quality starts out of how many games has he pitched? Ten, nine. That's pretty damn good, dude. Yeah. Oh, he's been good. 12 starts this year. There you go. Down to 12. Not bad for a 27-year-old Southpaw. Oh, baby. Um, any thoughts on, uh, on some of these other guys? Uh, did you, uh, did you look at Tucker Davidson at all? I feel like with the injuries that the Braves are, are dealing with on the mound, Davidson as a lefty is, uh, it could be a very intriguing option here, especially, you know, with his home games at SunTrust. Uh, I looked at him, didn't get him anywhere. The walks are a little bit of a concern, six walks and 11 to two thirds innings. And that was somewhat of an issue for him in the minor league. So uh, kind of was that last end of the bid for a dollar or $2 or something. So I didn't get him anywhere. I mean, pitching actually, you know, for most of my leagues, again, pitching has been pretty good. It's really the offense that I'm struggling and I'm looking for bats everywhere. And uh, I think that's the case for most people. So what bats did you go after? Did you go after Chris Gittens? No, I went after Oliveris, Trammell, Willie Castro. Um, Boy, amazing power bats there. Well, I mean, there's not much. If you're in a 15 team league, there's <laughs> there's nothing on the waiver wire, like as far as bats, right? I mean, okay, I wasn't going to spend a lot on wisdom. I understand people do. They, you, you have to take a shot on Patrick Wisdom if you need power. I mean, we know he's going to cool off. 500 batting average of balls in play. But you know what? People thought the same about, and I'm one of them, with Adelise Garcia. Right. Like, uh, yeah, yeah, it's going to cool off and he keeps doing it. And you have to take a shot on those players because maybe he doesn't regress as much as we think. And maybe he continues to hit home runs and wisdom hit for a lot of power in the minor league. So you have to take shots. Now, I'm not spending a ton of fab on these guys. You know, I put right. in bids, um, but I didn't get him anywhere. I think in one of them, I think the GST, he went for like over 100 bucks and I wasn't doing that. And my team's in pretty good shape uh, for now. Um and I think in my home league, 
he went for uh, not too much. Um, I definitely had a bid on him. Let's see, what did he go for? Like, let's see. He went for, I don't see it. Maybe he didn't go as much as I thought then. Maybe it was only like seven, eight bucks. That's not, oh, you know what? He must have been picked up. We do Wednesday and Sunday night. So he must have been picked up Wednesday because he had some home runs before then. So, yeah, these guys don't waste any time. They'll immediately grab anyone that shows a pulse. Oh, that's <laughs> – believe me. I actually – I missed out. I went after Gittins in uh, in Tout Wars. I put 62 on him, right? I was like – you know, and I, and I even went back and checked. And this is always something that you guys need to make sure – uh, if you set your fab bids in there before all the games are over, you should always do a quick sweep afterwards and make sure that, you know, anybody that you're bidding on doesn't have like a, a huge day on Sunday, because if they have a huge day on Sunday, well, then the price goes up. But I'm like, all right, getting 0 for 4 on Saturday, 0 for 4 on on Sunday. I'm fine with 62. I lost uh, Doug Dennis with $69. Um grabs him out from under me. I'm really like, I'm, I'm trying desperately to, there are two things that I, I need one more power bat. That's I, I just need one more power bat to, to put me over the edge in, uh, in offense. And I need a closer. And the problem is, is that I just don't have, um, I just don't have the commodities to trade right now. Like, you know, I mean, I'm sure I could probably deal one of my uh, my starting pitchers, right? I've got a, a bunch of guys there, but nobody's looking to uh, let go of a closer. It's making me nuts. Yeah, it's tough. It's a mono league too, so it's really tough to make trades. Yeah, I mean, I'm sitting there. I got it's Lance Lynn, uh, Framber Valdez, Domingo Herman, Nick Pavetta, Cole Irvin. I got Brady Singer and Justin Dunn. I got Marco Gonzalez, right? So I'm mean, and Logan Gilbert. I mean, I've got starters, and for a mono league, that's a nice, uh, that's a pretty decent group of of starters. I've got Araldis Chapman, but I don't have, just don't have the second guy. I don't have the second guy, and it's really just, it's, it's making me sad. It's making me sad. Yeah, it's tough, man. In that type of league, I've played in them before, and it's really difficult. And I don't want to, you know, the thing about it is, is I, I don't want to fall too far behind, uh, you know, like waiting for somebody to get traded over there. But I mean, I'm looking at it right now. Saves, uh, yeah. I mean, I'm like, I'm two away from like three more points, but then all of a sudden, then there's a big jump, right? And then there's like seven saves in between, uh you know, those two teams. Like, I'm two behind Larry Schechter, right? You got Schechter at 15, Doug Dennis at 14, Liss at 13, me at 13, Podorzer at 12, Colette at 12. Well, you also got to remember that potentially those guys could have someone that loses the job. I don't know who their closes are, but at least with Chapman, you know the job is his outside of injury. So that's the thing, and this goes for anyone who's listening with these categories. We're seeing so many injuries and closers can change. We've already seen numerous closers change. It could happen again. So that's why 
you got to be careful not to overreact in one direction or they're like, oh, well, you know what? I only got one guy and this team has two and this has two. You know what? I'm just going to punt saves or in the other direction. Well, yeah, now I'm going to just trade for two guys and move up. So you, you just oh, got to remember God. to keep that in mind. I'm just not saying you specifically. No, I know, of course, everybody so does. Guy, but man. everybody does. It's a mono league. I mean, you have two closers. You're in good shape. Hey man, it's turkey man, it's I mean, turkey. And tout, I have I'm dead last in saves. I only have Lou Trevino right now. I have Stefan Crichton, but he's I'm still holding on to him, even though he's not even come close to my lineup. I really what was it last week? I really wanted Lucas Sims, and I didn't go high enough. I, I think we talked about it. I think Luke, Lucas Sims was absolutely underperforming his peripherals, and we didn't know if he would get the job for sure. But holy shit, how does Chris Middleton have eight points? Okay. Shooting three of 11, but he's got eight. Um, <laughs> he's nine of 34 in the series. I mean, the Bucks are just getting embarrassed. It is 65-41 at halftime. I mean, embarrassing. Uh, I don't know how the hell they became two-point favorites. But anyway. Um, but yeah, I thought Lucas Sims was a really good pickup last week. You know, that's... He might have been available on some 12-teamers this week. Uh, but... Like you have to act early on those guys. And I got outbid in tout. And I think it was one of the teams that actually was in the same area with me as saves. And now he's moved like three, four, five saves ahead of me. So again, I'm sitting in my in first right now, being last in saves, but you know, if other areas cool off, then that could become a problem. So I might have to look to make a deal. I mean, obviously I can wait a couple of weeks to see. If uh, a job opens up, but, you know, similar situation to you, you know, you wait, you wait, you wait, nothing happens. And it's like, OK, I'm losing ground or not picking up. But I think at least for you and your league, at least you have Chapman and you know he has the job. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's really where where it's at. Yeah, but I mean, again, like I said, I just don't want to wait till the trade deadline and see if somebody crosses over leagues or or whatever. I mean, uh, you know. It is what it is. It is what it is. I'm trying to think if there's anybody else uh, on the waiver wire who was particularly interesting, but you know what? I, I don't really think there were. So let me uh, let, let me get from you um, the Adam Ronis hot take on the Julio Jones trade to Tennessee. Um, I mean, not really a hot take. I mean, obviously, I think Calvin Ridley now becomes top five wide receiver. Uh, he played his last seven games without Julio Jones. He's topped 100 yards. So, yes, does Julio on the field make him better? Sure. But Ridley's going to get, what, a 25 to 30 percent target share in an offense that's going to throw a lot. So I think that definitely helps him. I was ready to take A.J. Brown as a top three wide receiver before this trade. I think you have to lower him a little bit. But not much. I mean, AJ Brown. Why? Oh, come on, man. I don't, I don't. I don't think you could keep him top five now. Because why not? I mean, I guess you could, but I probably won't. More like seven, eight range would be my oh. guess before you know really digging in to it. Um, but you know, at the same time, you know, their defense might not be as good. It's just they're not a pass heavy offense. No, they're not a pass heavy offense. However. <laughs> Um, what I do like about it, I mean, listen, yeah, I mean, Julio's not who he who he was. Well, Julio to me is a wide receiver too. He's like wide receiver yeah. 15, 16. But he's going to he's going to command attention on the field. That's what but it so is. So is AJ Brown. Right. Yes, so is AJ Brown. But 
it's not like they're going to be able to like double team one or the other. It's depending on, on, you know, if they float safety help, if they don't float safety help, but having Julio Jones opposite you uh, instead of Corey Davis opposite you is going to command extra, extra attention from the defense, which I think does put AJ Brown into a few more one-on-one situations uh, when they do it, he'll still draw the top cover corner, but I think then all of a sudden, you know, once that top, you know, once Julio Jones burns somebody, you know, then defenses are going to kind of chime in. I mean, I do agree. It's, it's run first scheme. And, you know, Boy, here's the it, other thing. Julio is going to get more targets than Corey Davis did. God, I hope so. And Bre- here's the thing with Brown, which is crazy. He averaged 7.8 targets per game. I mean, that's nothing. That's what infuriates me as someone that had him and seeing what he does on a per play basis and what he can do after the catch. It's just crazy. So I think what you're hoping is that the Titans defense isn't as good and it forces them to throw a little bit more because A.J. Brown's talent is not in question. The question is, is he going to get enough volume to put him in the top five receiver? You know, because you got guys like Diggs, Hopkins, Ridley, Adams, depending on the situation, Tyree Kill. So that's the issue. Those guys are all going to get way more targets. So that's the only thing. Had Julio now been there, yeah, to me, I would have taken A.J. Brown uh, in the top three. But I think just looking at this, you know, quickly without digging in deep right. yet, um, I would probably put him around seven or eight. So still a wide receiver one. And maybe people overreact to it and push them down too much and you get a bargain. And yeah, and Julio's like wide receiver 15. And the, the I've said this last year, the thing with Julio you worry about is when does he break down? He's 32 years old. He's a big wide receiver. He had the hamstring issue last year. And those guys don't age gracefully. He was still great when he was on the field last year, you know, but we've also seen games where, you know, you can play, well, Julio played this many games. Okay. How many games was he? hurt and came in and out of the game and wasn't hundred percent. So uh, that's the one concern I have about him, but yeah, I love AJ Brown. This definitely helps Ryan Tannehill. No doubt about it. He's always been, he's kind of been an underrated fantasy quarterback. And again, if the defense isn't as good, that'll help him as well. So I think Tannehill becomes like a borderline QB one right now. And Matt Ryan is out of the QB one conversation. I have Tannehill at number 12 in my rankings right now. In redraft leagues, I have Ryan down at number 15 or 16. Uh, At this point, I moved A.J. Brown up in my rankings to number five. Um, And then I, um, whatchamacallit, I left Julio Jones where he was. I didn't feel, because I don't feel, I don't feel like, I mean, listen, because he's going to more of a run-centric team than Atlanta ever was. Um. But yet he still, you know, having A.J. Brown on the other side of the field is going to help. I don't necessarily know if it's going to be, you know, if these guys are going to see bigger volume. I just think they're going to see better quality of targets and plays. So if they were to have like seven, eight targets, you know, and then ever, you know, occasionally, you know, we get like a 10 or an 11 or a 12 target, you know, just depending on what the defense is doing or, or what the game flow is. Um, I still think that they can put up. I mean, I think they can put up easily um, a thousand yards each and uh, and and score some serious touchdowns. You're also looking at, you know, I mean, Josh Reynolds is the number three when they go to wide receiver three sets. So that's not a lot of competition. 
they got rid of Jonu Smith, and now it's Anthony Ferkser, who, yeah, you know, can be a decent pass catcher, but you know, if you if you're Ryan Tannehill, are you uh, are you looking to throw to Ferkser? Or are you looking to throw to AJ Brown or Julio Jones? I think it kind of uh, pushes it more to the uh, to the wide receivers for this team, and I think it's great for Derrick Henry. I think now, like, I mean, you, you can't stack the box against Tennessee. What'd you say? I said, you can't stack the box against Tennessee now. No, you definitely can't. I mean, we know that's what they want to do, that they want to run the football, but it just opened things up now. And again, I think their defense could take a step back too. So that might force them to throw a little bit more. Yeah, that could, I would love it. Right. They uh, lose some guys in the secondary with a, uh, a, a Dory Jackson. They lost over there. I don't even know who's in their secondary now. Maybe I should take a look. Tennessee secondary. Dun dun dun. Da da Janoris Jenkins. Blah. Caleb Farley. They got Amani Hooker and uh, Kevin Byard at safety. And they were bad last year in the secondary. They were bad last year in the secondary. It does not look like they're going to get better either. And uh, yeah, I mean Bud Dupree, they they picked him up as a uh, outside linebacker, but they don't. Yeah, all right, good stuff. Good, good stuff. Now, an NFL draft guide over at Fantasy Alarm that'll drop uh, on the 14th of June. Cross your fingers. Should on the 14th of June, uh, the the first wave of that articles, rankings, stuff like that, and. You guys will be able to check all of that out. Adam Ronis will have his rankings. I've got my rankings. Jim Bowden wants to do some football rankings. So you get your fair share of rankings. We already have up there right now, Dynasty 250, rookie rankings, uh, and then redraft rankings for uh, half-point PPR. That's already there on the website now. So there you go. Stuff there. All right, Adam, always a pleasure to get a chance to talk. You even, got a, you even got a chance to sneak in a little football talk. I know it's not your season for that yet, but. No, I mean, we're, we're getting there. I mean, actually, I mean, I can't believe I haven't done a best ball draft yet because by now I usually have one under my belt. So I'll probably start one this week. And you know how it goes. Once you start doing one, you get into it. Just for me, it's been tougher because the NBA season is longer than expected. And now I'm doing the sports wagering every single day. Um, and then baseball in the middle. So that's the one thing is that it has like last year we had the pandemic where there was nothing going on. So I was like, I was like, I was in the middle of, I would have spit out all these stats for you in like late April because I was just doing football content where I'm not there yet, but you know, I will be talking about it. I'll get more in it and uh, start digging and doing that research to be ready for when everyone needs me. There you go. See, ultimate ultimate fantasy analyst for you people dude works like a like a <laughs> i probably was just about to say something that's not politically correct oh, you were about to it. get canceled i was i was about to get canceled so on that note <laughs> i'll just say thanks so much for tuning into the Andy up show everybody he's adam Rodas. i'm howard bender we'll catch you next time